Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcat Podcast with Trevor Sheppy and Ben Underback. This episode, we are going to be talking about the second half of the Week 2 matchups. We're going to be talking about our Week 2 MVPs and additionally Ben's Blitz. Hey guys, this is Ben. Thanks for listening. Make sure to go follow our Twitter page at Fantasy Wildcat for the best fantasy advice. We'll be tweeting along games. If you need any advice on your lineup, any trades, who to start, reply to us there. Send us a DM. Let's drive some engagement to our account at Fantasy Wildcat. So let's get started and continue the week two slate with Jaguars versus Titans. Trevor, the Jaguars came with a, a big win against the Colts in week one. What do you expect from them this week against the Titans? Yes, uh, I don't expect them to win, but hey, we didn't expect them to win week one. Um, I think in terms of fantasy options, DJ Shark was their number one wide receiver. Um, coming into the year, he only had three targets on 20 passes in week one. He did catch a touchdown, so that's good to see. I am concerned about DJ Shark and the volume there, but... I'm still trusting him as a wide receiver, too. I'm putting him into the lineup, and hopefully he's going to get more targets this week. Yeah, I'm really concerned about the volume here for the receivers, only throwing 20 passes uh, in week one. I'm concerned about that going forward. If they want to run the ball, if they want to try to control the clock, this is going to have a tool, take a tool on the, these wide receivers. If you throw 20 passes, you can't spread it out five ways, especially because uh, Minshew has been known to spread out his targets. So, so that might hurt DJ Chark in the long run. Uh, we like Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault a little bit, so keep an eye out for them, but but they're not worthy of a start this week. And I think DJ Chark, he's he's probably a decent flex play this week, but but I'd be worried a little bit about him moving forward. Yeah, we, we did talk about James Robinson in Episode 2 earlier this week. Um, we did have a, He was a waiver addition that to keep an eye out for. Are you starting him this week against the good Titans defense? No, I wouldn't start him this week. I think he, he's, he's worth a pickup if you can't get Naheem Hines or, or Benny Snell or Malcolm Brown this week. So it's, it's worth picking up, but keep an eye out. Don't start him this week, but, but look for him to, to get a lot of touches again, and, and hopefully he can carve out a role in this offense. All right, moving from a, a pretty bad running back to a, a very good running back, we have Derrick Henry and the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry's a start. A.G. Brown's a start, but I think... The in, in, interesting questions are Corey Davis, Jono Smith, and Tannehill. Mind you, we're going to talk about Tannehill later, a little preview there, but what about Corey Davis and Jono? That's a nice tease, Trevor, but I like Corey Davis this week. I think he's a decent flex play. He had a big week one. I really think he has an opportunity to break out, break out again against the Jags this week. Their secondary isn't great after trading uh, A.J. Boye and, and the safety this offseason. There's an opportunity to, to score against this Jags defense, and I, I think Corey Davis is a, is a good option in addition to A.J. Brown this week. Yeah, Ben, I think you have him down as a flex. I'm not as big as a fan. I want to see consistency from him before I start him. Um, and, yeah, again, Jonu Smith, only if you're desperate at tight end. Um, we go from one division matchup to another here. We have the Lions versus the Packers. The Lions had Galladay out week one. Marvin Jones, I expected to have a big week last week. Didn't end up getting it. Got 9.5 fantasy points. I expect Galladay coming back to be that wide receiver one, get the targets, get some good fantasy production, but I also believe that clears up the fear for Marvin Jones. What are your thoughts, Ben? Yeah, I like both options this week. The Packers' secondary wasn't great last week in the second half. I know the Vikings were behind, but but they were able to move the ball and throw the ball to, 
especially Adam Thielen had a big week last week. So I think there is a big opportunity for Galladay and Marvin Jones, assuming Galladay's 100% again. And definitely Hawkinson as well, who you called last week. That was a, that was a good pick. Uh, I believe moving forward he's going to have a big role in this offense and can produce that in week in and week out. Yeah, hopefully it isn't like last year where he was the week one darling. Everyone wanted him. This year he came in a little bit more. You, you had to draft him to get him. I, I expect him to keep up his production. I think in terms of that backfield, he got Swift, AP, on Johnson. I'm out until clear one. Uh, someone rises to the top. I know AP had those touches last week. I'm just not a fan of him. I, I don't know who to start here. If you're very desperate in a deeper league, then I would say AP is the start here because he's safe the 10 to 15 carries. But I, I'm not playing any of them if I have a way to avoid it. Yeah, I wouldn't start any of these three. I think there, there's a decent uh, chance that DeAndre Swift gets some, some work in the passing game if they're behind and, and can put up some numbers that, that way. But I'm not comfortable starting him. This is a a mess of a backfield that I think it's best to stay far away from. Yeah, and I, I think I have to touch on Stafford. Week week one, again, Galladay was out. He had 16.16 fantasy points. I was very close to making him my uh, week one MVP. I think he's going to have a great week. Um, but, yeah, I expect him to bounce back. And just for reference, any uh, reference to fantasy points, we're using standard ESPN PPR. Um, so your league may have slightly different scoring, but but that's where we're going off of for all fantasy point references. Yeah, and going from Stafford, who had an okay week, to one of the top fantasy football players, uh, he came back, Aaron Rodgers, had 30.78 fantasy points. I expect him to have another great week against the Lions. I think if you have him on your team, I'm going to start him. Yeah, we saw what Trubisky did to this Lions defense in the fourth quarter. It took him a while to get started, but... But once he got settled, he really lit it up in the fourth quarter. And Aaron Rodgers did this to did the same thing to a, a better Vikings defense last week. So this is an even better matchup, I think. I, I don't think he's quite going to go over 30 points again, but but I expect him to have a, a big week. And and last week was really evidence of a, a change in the game plan. Last year they wanted to run the ball a lot with Aaron Jones, and and week one they came out and kept throwing the ball over the top and and hitting. Lazard and Valdez Scantling and Devontae Adams all over the place. So expect them to, to throw the ball a lot again. And that's a good transition to, to the receiving court. Trevor, are there any receivers that you can trust other than Devontae Adams? Yeah, and j- just to preface um, all these matchups, we're going to skip out on the big players like Adams and Jones. They're must-starts every week. So if you don't hear his name, a big name, that's the reason why, because they're just easy place into your lineup. But... MVS versus Lazard is the wide receiver two battle for the Packers. MVS had a great week one. He was the the deep target guy, but he, he ended up with 19.6 fantasy points. Great week. No one really started him, um, but I saw some drops. And if you've watched Rodgers over the years, he expects his uh, wide receivers to be able to catch the ball consistently. And that's why I'm leaning to Lazard. He was four for four had 18.2 fantasy points. I fully expect him to be the wide receiver two option for the Packers, and I really think he has a chance to be a consistent flex option for you week in and week out. Yeah, I really don't like either of these receivers right now. I think it's best to wait and see. Uh, Valdez Scanling, 
He's been a guy who's hurt me in the past. I had him last year. There's just so many ups and downs. He's not consistent. And Lazard, he only had four targets and caught all four passes. I, that's something that you, don't, you can't really trust long-term if he's only getting four targets in a game where they throw the ball a lot and they really have success that way. Yeah, and Ben, you and I are going to disagree on players, and it, it's up to the, the fantasy player to choose who they might go with or their own gut feeling. I feel like Lazard's a good play this week, but you don't, so we'll just have to wait and see. All right, let's move to the Bills and the Dolphins. Yes, we have some very good Bills players this week that we will additionally touch on later. Um, we have Diggs, I think, is going to be a good option this week. Josh Allen's a good option this week. But I think what we're really going to be talking about in this segment is the running backs and John Brown. What do you do with them? Are they are the running backs still like an RB2 range, or are they all flex options? I think they're not more than flex options. I'd go with Devin Singletary as a flex. I'm still not comfortable starting Zach Moss yet. I think you, it's hard to see what his role will be. I know he caught a, a touchdown week one, but I, I think he's more of a, a running back rather than a receiving running back moving forward. So I'm still not comfortable starting him. But Singletary against a weak Dolphins rushing defense, the Patriots ran all over them last week. So I expect Singletary to, to be a decent option in the flex. And the same thing with John Brown. He really built that great relationship with Josh Allen last year, and that continued to week one. He had 19 points. He's a safe flex option with or a, a low-end wide receiver, too. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. You're playing Singletary. John Brown's the flex option for you, and Zach Moss is going to be TD-dependent for the foreseeable future until he beats out Singletary. Um, but the Dolphins, on the other hand, I don't know what options they have for fantasy, how relevant they're going to be. They have Devontae Parker, who did get injured last week. He might not play this week. We're recording this on Tuesday night, so maybe there's more information throughout the week. But pay attention to his injury. If he goes into the game at maybe not close to 100%, I wouldn't play him against this good Bills defense. Yeah, and this is tough. Fitzpatrick didn't look good against the Patriots last week. I know... Everybody loves him. I, he's exciting to watch sometimes, but he's really just a placeholder for Tua, and I think that's going to be sooner rather than later. And if Devontae Parker doesn't play, I think that hurts Preston Williams. He's going to have to go against Tredavious White. There's not going to be much opportunity there uh, for other weapons. Like you said, this backfield's a mess. Miles Gaskin came out of nowhere and, and uh, was the best running back for them in week one. So Matt Breida, Jordan Howard really useless at this point, and I don't like Miles Gaskin either. I think yeah. this, this I mean, is a, a limited I, option. I think we should have added Breed and Howard to our, our drop-em list. Um, I think they're players that you can drop, and that might be hard because they seem like you're running back one for a team that you're dropping, but they're not valuable options right now. So I, I would drop them if there's a better option out there, like a, a Snell or some of that caliber. Yeah, and Mike Gazicki had a decent week one, and again, I, I wouldn't start him this week, but just keep an eye out, especially if they make a switch at quarterback. I expect that, that who gets the targets to change, and I think Gazicki's could be a, a big benefactor of that, but, but for now, hold off. Yeah, and now we got the, the Vikings against the Colts. Um, we have Mustards and Cook and Thielen. Madison had 12 fantasy points um, last week. Those mainly came in garbage time when Cook wasn't needing to play. Um, 
So I am not comfortable starting him, but I think you do watch him. Maybe he does become a one-two punch with Cook um, down the line. Maybe he catches some passes out of the back, but for now you do see those 12 points. Don't think about starting him even in a flex option. Yeah, and he's probably in a tough spot for a lot of leagues where maybe he's a handcuff to Cook or maybe you're hoping Cook gets hurt and then you have a, the starting running back on a run-first team. But, but yeah, you really you can't trade for him right now if Cook is healthy. You can't really start him on your team if Cook is healthy. So he's really just best to watch. There's not much you can do there. And let's get into the receivers. So after Thielen, we didn't see much from Justin Jefferson or Busy Johnson as the wide receivers two and three for the Vikings. So I think you have to make them prove it. I mean, we expect Justin Jefferson to come on strong at some point this year, but until you see that multiple times, I think it's best to hold off. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, he had 4.6 fantasy points. I, Until he proves it, don't play him. But I think Cousins is a sneaky start this week. He's not going to finish as a top-end quarterback. He's not really going to do that any week, but he's going to be a solid start if you are looking for a quarterback to play each week. He's going to get you that... 15, 18-point range pretty consistently. He's just not going to be a a boom player to play. You're not going to get those big weeks from him. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me with that is he only threw five passes last week against the Packers, and that really concerns me. If they want to run the ball that much and, and they're not getting all those plays off, then, then without that volume, he may struggle, especially if they get ahead and start running the ball and running the ball. He may not be able to put up all those fantasy points. But I do think he's going to be around an average fantasy uh, contributor, especially this week. Yeah, and on from one good backfield to another, we unfortunately saw Marlon Mack go down. Ben, that was your week one MVP. He was looking very good out the gate. Um, Taylor had a a decent week with 14.9 fantasy points. I think he's going to get the majority of the the max share that was lost, I don't see Hines picking it up. So we'll talk about Taylor later, but I think he's a good play for this week against the Colts. Yeah, I think Taylor and Hines are both good starts this week. I think they both have uh, – they both are solid RB2 options. I think Taylor's probably going to get most of the carries this week. I know that's not much of Naheem Hines' role. But also it's it's Jonathan Taylor's only his second game in the pros. So maybe they try to limit his carries and kind of ease him in still, but – I like both options. Naeem Hines is running back four last week. If this is a close game, and I think it will be, Rivers is going to be dumping the ball off underneath, and like he always does. And that's a great opportunity for Hines, and I think for Taylor as well. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with you in the close game part. I think the Vikings are going to be up in this game, but that still benefits both Taylor and Hines. They they both caught passes week one, and I expect them to do that in week two. But speaking of pass catchers, we have... T.Y. Hilton, and I know you're a fan of Paris Campbell. I'm a little bit worried about T.Y. Hilton. He had 9.3 fantasy points week one. You're still playing him, but I, I'm i worried with Rivers. I, I don't know how consistent T.Y. Hilton can be week in and week out. Yeah, especially with Philip Rivers throwing 46 passes, completing 36 last week, and, and T.Y. Hilton only ending up with 9.3 fantasy points. So you think with that high volume, he's going to get his share, but if he doesn't produce this week against the Vikings defense that got torched last week by the Packers, I, I'd be concerned. But but you are starting him this week. Expect him to do better. Uh, I thought about making him one of my MVPs this week, but I decided to go another way. But 
But I do think he's going to break out and, and return to his normal form. And like I mentioned, Paris Campbell, I think is a good option. You're still kind of waiting for him to prove it. So he's he'd only be a flex in, in deeper leagues or, or if you have somebody that's hurt. But but keep an eye out for him. And I I wouldn't go with Philip Rivers this week. I I think it's going to be tough to, to ever reliably start him. Uh, what do you think, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, on ESPN, you're going to see that the Vikings defense has green because they let up a lot of yards to Rodgers, but I still think they're, like I said, week one. I didn't think they're a great defense. I think they're more middle of the road, but I don't believe in Rivers this year, so I would not play him whatsoever. But in the next matchup, we do have one of my favorite players at quarterback. We have the Washington... <laughs> yes, no, not 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 Dwayne Haskins. We have the uh, Washington football team against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, my MVP last week, Murray, um, it was kind of a cheap MVP call because I just think he's going to be a great QB week in, week out. But the reason why I picked him week one was because he was playing the 49ers, a great defense. Some people might have been scared playing him against that such a good defense. But what you have to understand with Murray is he can run the ball. He has that opportunity to do that every single week. He had 100 y- rushing yards, then he kneeled twice, and it got knocked down to 91. So if you're in that plus 100-yard um, bonus type of league, then he would have been even a better quarterback. He had 26.3 fantasy points. Obvious play this week. I'm not going to talk about him too much more. But also you take a look at Hopkins. Like He's an obvious play, but we have to point out that he got 40% of the target shares. He was targeted on 45% of his routes as well. That's more than he had on the Texans. That's crazy. He is going to be a potential wide receiver one this year. So go get him if it's possible. I don't know how you would, but he, he's going to have another great year. Yeah, their, their second half game plan was just ridiculous. It was consistently throwing to Hopkins, and the 49ers couldn't do anything about it, and that's one of the def- best defenses in the league. So, yeah, but he's, you know, he's already starting in every single lineup in the league. So let's move on to the running backs. Kenyon Drake, he vultured a touchdown after Hopkins' knee was down at the one. But other than that, not a great week from him. But he's, he should still be in your lineup going forward. Chase Edmonds, I think, is a very interesting a player. He had a receiving touchdown in week one. I think he's going to have a bigger role as the season goes on. I'm not sold on Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think the end of last year, what he did was a fluke. But this is going to be an offense that presents a big opportunity for running backs. And I think Edmonds could take on a bigger role as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think the the only real question with the Cardinals that we have is who's going to be that wide receiver too. Kirk had a, a horrible week with one point. Fitz had 7.4. He keeps chugging. I'm personally not starting either of them this week unless there's a really deep league. Um, I, I would like to see Kirk come out and prove some more because I think he is good, and I think he did have that connection last year, but we're just going to have to wait and see with him. Yeah, I think both of those guys are, are worth watching, but you're not starting either this week, especially Washington football team's defense did pretty well against the Eagles receivers last week. I know Wentz didn't play great, but none of those receivers really had an impact. So. I think that even pushes you farther away from starting Kirk and Fitzgerald this week. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles' wide receivers are horrible. So I, I expect the wide receivers of the Cardinals to a little, do a little bit better. But speaking of the Washington football team, we have um, only, I would probably say, one fantasy option here, and that's uh, 
Terry McLaren. He had 11.1 fantasy points week one. He had seven targets, which was good, five receptions for 61 yards. He's going to be a pretty safe PPR play. It's He might not have that upside, potentially, if those touchdowns don't come. So we'll just have to – you're playing him, but you kind of just hope for that touchdown for him to have a big week. Yeah, and this is a terrible offense, and Haskins is terrible at quarterback. So I, I think even starting McLaurin, you're a little worried that they're not going to be able to move the ball or, or get, get him the ball. But, yeah, he is still worth starting. He's going to get – some touches every week, and eventually he's going to break out. And moving on to the running backs, Antonio Gibson, there's a lot of hype about him going into the season. You can't start him yet. There's really – he didn't have a big role this week. Only a few carries. Not much of a role in the passing game. Like I said, this isn't a good offense. Peyton Barber had two touchdowns, but I think only had 20 yards or so. Stay away from them both. Like I said, this is a terrible offense. I, I can't say that enough. I know I've said it three or four times. Yeah, I mean, these weapons. yeah, we, we've talked about them too much already. So l- let's move on to the Ravens and the Texans, a bit more uh, offensive heavy and more fantasy options. We have Lamar Jackson and Andrews. They're must-starts. Um, but Ingram and Dobbins. Um, I expect Ingram to have a, a bigger week, and I expect Dobbins to still be able to produce. I, I consider them both flex options, but towards the later half of this year, I expect Dobbins to win that role. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on Dobbins this week. I think he had seven carries for 22 yards and two touchdowns last week. You can't rely on those TDs, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire ran all over this defense last week, so I think there's an opportunity. I like Ingram as a flex. I'm probably not starting Dobbins this week unless uh, you really don't have any other better options, but... But I think they're both still decent options in the long run. And moving on to the receivers, uh, Hollywood Brown, I, I really liked him last week. He, he had a decent week, 15.1 fantasy points. Again, this week, I think he has low wide receiver two, high flex potential. Yeah, I mean, he had, I'm looking it up right now, six targets, five receptions, 101 yards. I expect similar sort of target range each week. He's a big play guy, so I expect him to be a, a low-end wide receiver two, high flex, like you said. Willie Sneed, I would make him prove it before starting him. Um, so hopefully he becomes a good fantasy option, but right now I think he's sort of off people's boards. But moving on to the Texans, we have Watson and Johnson are must-plays, even though it's a tough matchup. I, I think the the real question marks are around the wide receivers. Um, ben, do you want to kick us off here with the wide receivers for the Texans? Yeah, so Will Fuller, fully healthy, I think he's he's going to have a big week. He had eight catches for over 100 yards last week. I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver, too, this week, despite a tough matchup, probably lining up against Marcus Peters. Uh, so he's a, he's a good option as that wide receiver, too. Braden Cooks, you really want to make sure he's 100% before playing him. He was really a decoy last week. He was running routes, but only had two catches for 20 yards. Make sure he's 100%, um, and you're probably not starting him this week, but... If reports come out that he's fully healthy, he could be a decent flex. Yeah, and Fuller had 10 targets. I didn't think he even had a good game last week. I watched that entire game with the Chiefs and Texans. It was the first game on. I didn't think he had a good week, but he still produced fantasy, so I think he's a wide receiver, too, every week. Um, Speaking of the Chiefs, though, this next matchup we have the the Chiefs versus the Chargers. Uh, Everyone on the Chiefs is pretty much a start. Um, I guess the real questions are 
the wide receivers past Hill. You have Watkins, Hardman, and Robinson. Watkins did the same thing last year, week one. I had I had him on my team where he had that massive week, and I was getting trade offers from like Cup and big wide receivers for him. I I would like to see him prove it again before I go ahead and start him in anything. Yeah, I think he's going to end up a, as a, a decent flex option over the course of the year, but I'm not buying that he's going to score over 20 points every week. Uh, Demarcus Robinson dropped two touchdowns, so he could have had a much bigger week. Nicole Hardman was on the field a lot, but didn't really make an impact, only 1.6 fantasy points. Uh, I think Watkins, you could start at the flex this week, but, but hold off on Hardman and Robinson. Yeah, I mean, I I hope Hardman be, does become a good fantasy option going forward, but uh, it's, again, wait and see with those two. Maybe if you're in deeper league, you start Watkins, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but on to the Chargers. We have more, of, more fantasy questions than majority of teams, I would have to say. We had Eckler. Um, he, had, he had 19 rushing attempts on 84 yards. He's only one of th- one of three for receiving. I don't think um, Tyrod Taylor is a good fantasy quarterback to have for anyone on your team. I personally don't think Eckler is even an RB2. I, I honestly think this year he's going to be more of an RB3. That might be a hot take off of week one, but... I don't see it with this offense. It's a bad offense. I don't expect them to do big things. Um, but, Ben, I, I know you kind of disagree with that. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the Dolphins situation I mentioned earlier where Fitzpatrick's just holding the the door open until Tua takes over, but I, and Tyrod Taylor's really just there until Herbert's ready. But, yeah, it's going to hurt these weapons. Eckler, I still think he's going to be a solid RB2 this year. Uh, he had 20 touches this week and was fairly productive, 87 yards on those touches. So I'm not too worried about him. But these wide receivers, it's going to be tough. It's encouraging if you have Hunter Henry on your team. He had five catches for 73 yards. He's worth another start this week. But Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, that's tough. Keenan Allen, probably only a flex this week, even though he's he's a much better receiver than that. And I think Josh Kelly's an interesting person to consider. You know, in the in the past, they've used Gordon and Eckler both. I think uh, Kelly could step in and have a big role like he did in week one. He had 12 fantasy points, uh, scored a touchdown, and I really think if he has a good week this week, you should definitely look to pick him up. Do you know where Josh Kelly came from? He's a rookie from UCLA. Gotcha. Did, did he produce in college? Yeah, I know he had a good last year. I'm not sure over the course of his career how he was, but he definitely had a, a good 2019 season. Yeah, so I mean, I guess they must not believe in Justin Jackson. I expected him to have that RB2 slot, but I guess Josh Kelly is a guy to watch there as a rookie. Um, like, 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 like Ben said, keep an eye out. He could be a stash if you've got a deeper bench. He, he might win that rushing role and then more have Eckler as a receiving option, but we're going to have to wait and see. And I think this offense is fully dependent on Tyrod Taylor. I don't know how long he's going to last as the starting QB for that team, but those wide receivers, they're going to struggle when he's the quarterback. He's not good at throwing the ball. And so Keenan Allen, it sucks because he's so much better than what he's going to produce this year, but 
I, d I fully do not expect him to produce more than a flex option over the first few weeks. All right, let's move on to the Sunday night game, your Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Why don't you get us started with the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, it was a good week one against the Dolphins. I am... I, I'm 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 curious about what is going to go on here with Cam Newton. Obviously, he had the big week. He um, 15 rushing attempts, which set the Patriots record: 75 rushing yards and two TDs. I think Belichick wanted to show off that this is Cam. It's a new offense. He's healthy. He's ready to go. He's fired up for the season. I, I don't expect him to have 15 rushing attempts every game. I think he will have that rushing value as a quarterback, and that's so important to have. Um, but I, I do expect his passing to go up as well. So I think he's a good play this week. The Seahawks' defense, they did up, let up a lot of yards, but it's also because they didn't really need to play great defense towards the end of the game. It was more just making sure the Falcons didn't like consistently score. So... I think Cam is a good play this week, um, but in terms of the wide receivers, is I guess wide receivers and running backs are where I have the questions about where the fantasy options are. Do you have a preference for wide receivers or running backs here, Ben? Yeah, I think Julian Edelman is the only uh, Patriots skill player I'd start. I think he had a decent week one. He had 13 points, uh, five catches. He got a, a carry in the backfield as well. This is a weak Seahawks pass defense. We saw that last week against the Falcons. I know a lot of it was in garbage time, but but there's going to be opportunity to to torch the secondary, and I think Edelman's going to do that. So I think Edelman's going to have a big week. But in terms of running backs, Sonny Michel, James White, it's hard to really trust them. So I, I wouldn't start either this week. I do like White a little more than Michel because I think they're going to be throwing the ball more. But But yeah, I really like only Edelman as a starter this week. Yeah, I mean, especially with Cam running the ball, he's just going to take away those options from Sony and then Harris when he comes back. So I would try and package Sony in a trade now early and try and say, hey, he's the running back one on a Patriots team that runs the ball. Try and get away with that. But, yeah, I'm not – I maybe start White as a flex option this week, but Sony Michelle I'm not really starting at all. And I do have to mention Nikhil Harry – he did start to get that consistency with Cam. He was targeted six times, five receptions, the same amount of receptions as Edelman. He did have that touchdown, which he then fumbled, which is unfortunate, and that would have had him at a much bigger week than what he had. And so I would just say, if you have availability on your bench for a wide receiver, add Nikhil Harry, because I said this in week one, Cam likes the big wide receivers. So... If he's available, go put him there and just see how he does against this not-great Seahawks defense. I do agree with the first part there. Just put him on your bench, but just leave him there. <laughs> he might be there for the rest of the year. I, I'm, I'm going to hope for hope for the, the best in Nikhil Harry. I like the player, so we'll have to wait and see. All right, let's move on to the Seahawks, which not a lot of open questions here. You're probably starting... Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf all every week. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with you, but I am concerned about Chris Carson. I honestly am. He had the big week because he had two D two TDs off of um off of uh, re receptions. He didn't have any red zone carries. 
and maybe it was that because the Seahawks were up and they didn't need him, they want to save him, but I'm concerned about his rushing attempts inside the red zone and the ability to consistently catch passes out of the backfield. Yeah, only six carries over the across the whole game when they were ahead the entire time. That's that's I'm not gonna say troubling because he still had almost 25 fantasy points, and I think it's he's gonna run the ball a lot more this week. But but it, it's it's a little bit concerning. But but all all in all, I think he's still think he's gonna have a good year. And really the same thing with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I I think Metcalf, you saw him on the 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 fourth and short play. He beat the cornerback for a touchdown. I think he's going to do that a lot this year, but I don't think this is the best matchup for him again, going against Stephon Gilmore. Metcalf's not a guy who who really who's a great route runner, and I think that might hurt him against a guy as good as Gilmore. So, so we'll see how they match up against the the Patriots cornerbacks. But you're still starting Lockett and Metcalf this week, no matter what. Yeah, and I mean Russell Wilson's highly efficient. He's he's a must start every week. I, I he is one of the he's a top two quarterback in this league, I would have to say, in terms of pure quarterback. Um, he, he's a fantastic player. He's fun to watch. But I have a question for you, Ben. Would you take Chris Carson the rest of the year, or would you take Jonathan Taylor? I'd still go Chris Carson. I do like Jonathan Taylor's upside, but I have some durability concerns. Uh, and... Really, after only seeing him in week one, he wasn't that successful rushing the ball. So I think you're going to have to wait and see. I think Chris Carson, he's done it for three years now when he's healthy. I still go with him over Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if I was a Carson owner, which I'm not, I would target Jonathan Taylor and try and get some additional value on top of Taylor. I might take Taylor year-long value here. I really think Taylor has the opportunity to become a very good fantasy quarterback, and I know it's a bit of overreaction because Chris Carson's done it for a few years now, but six rushes, that is worrying to me. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see with that one. But I think Chris Carson's a good play no matter what anyways. Um, you're just sort of arguing about RB1s at this point. Um, and I think we do need to also talk about tight ends. Um, Olsen uh, gets it. it how do you say the Dolphins' uh, tight end? Gesicki? Gesicki. Okay. So he had a an okay week one. Russell Wilson really likes the tight ends. I think the Pats are not as strong against the tight ends. So he's maybe a deeper league play if you need it, if you absolutely need it. Um, he's just someone to keep an eye on. All right. Let's move on to the Monday night game, Saints versus the Raiders. The Saints, Michael Thomas, will be out for, for a few weeks, so we're definitely expecting bigger things from Emmanuel Sanders. So I, I think he had 10.5 fantasy points this week. He had four red zone targets. He caught a touchdown. I think this is a great opportunity for him to, to build that relationship with Drew Brees as the, as the number one guy, and I think he can, if that is successful, he can really carry this forward when Michael Thomas returns. Yeah, I mean, it, it's disappointing not to see the best wide receiver in football out on the football field. He obviously had a disappointing week one. Um, but I'm excited to see what Emmanuel Sanders can do as a wide receiver one. I, I picked him up late in one of my drafts, and he had a good week one. I was happy with the performance. I would have been happy maybe playing as a flex option in week two. 
But now with Michael Thomas out, I think he's a must-start for the flex. I, I think he's going to have a big week along with Cook as well. I mean, he was five receptions for 80 yards in week one. Breeze is going to have to throw the ball somewhere. They're a good passing offense, and I think Sanders and Cook are both really good options this week. Yeah, it was really encouraging if you have Jared Cook on your team this week that he could be that reliable target for Breeze and, and not just uh, and can score points outside of just scoring touchdowns. So that, I think that was really good. But uh, I'm not. I don't love Drew Brees in fantasy this year. He's really not throwing the ball downfield. His yards per attempt are way down, and I really think they're going to have better options, especially in the red zone when Taysom Hill comes in the game. Him and Kamara are running the ball. So I. I'm not a big fan of Drew Brees, but this is this is a good matchup if you have him on your team. I really like this matchup against a weak Raiders defense that got exposed by uh, Teddy Bridgewater last week. Yeah, and that just even bodes well for Emmanuel Sanders. He he can catch that deep ball as well as, well as that inside route, so I, I really do expect him to have a big week. But on to the Raiders, who had a very good week one against the Panthers in terms of offense. Um, Josh Jacobs is the RB1 right now. He had a massive week. But I would have to pump the brakes a tiny bit with him. He's obviously starting. He's an RB1. But that Carolina defense is so bad against running backs. They were at the end of last year. Whenever you have an option to play a running back against them, as long as it's not a really bad running back, I highly suggest it. Yeah, I agree. And and moving on to some of the Raiders' other skill position guys, Darren Waller, uh, six catches on eight targets for 45 yards. That's ten over 10 fantasy points. I think that's about what he's going to put up every week. I, I I don't think he has the highest ceiling, but I think he's going to be re- that reliable guy for your team. Last year, I think he caught more touchdowns because he was really the number one option. Now with Jacobs even more involved than he was last year, you've got Ruggs, you've got Renfro, You've got Brian Edwards. I don't think he's going to catch as many touchdowns, but I think he's definitely going to contribute each week. And moving on to Ruggs, an encouraging debut, three catches for 55 yards. He caught a, a long pass and almost scored a touchdown. I think he has upside long term, but this is a tough matchup against a good Saints uh, secondary that really shut down Godwin and Mike Evans last week. Yeah, and I think that's a perfect way to transition into our fantasy MVP. So that sort of wraps up all the week one matchups. Hopefully listen to both the episode two and this being episode three. And uh, now we're going to give you our fantasy MVPs. Ben, you want to start us off with your MVP quarterback for this week? Yeah, and it's a guy who really had a productive week one as well, and it's Josh Allen versus the Dolphins. So in week one, the Dolphins gave up 217 rushing yards to the Patriots. 75 of those came from Cam at the quarterback position. I really think the Bills are the most similar offense to the Patriots right now. They both want to involve their quarterback in the run game, but they can also throw. Josh Allen, 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown rushing in week one. Also threw for over 300 yards, two touchdowns, 28.2 fantasy points in week one against a decent Jets defense, but not much talent there. I think this is an even worse defense for the Dolphins. In two games last year against the Dolphins, he had 458 yards, four, uh, 88 rushing yards as well, five TDs, zero interceptions, and also a rushing TD. I expect Josh Allen to have a big week this week on the ground and through the air, and that's why he's my fantasy MVP. Yeah, and I'm sort of sticking with a a similar type of quarterback in terms of the rushing capabilities. We have uh, Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars. 
in week one against the Broncos, which are in okay defense. I know they've lost Von Miller, but they're still in okay defense. He was 29 for 43, 249 yards, two touchdowns, and rushed the ball three times for 14 yards. I expect Tannehill to rush the ball this week a little bit more. I expect him to maybe get up around that 5-7 to seven mark, hopefully, um, and potentially a chance at that rushing TD. But also I think throwing the ball 43 times for Ryan Tannehill is a good sign. He didn't have any interceptions on 43 passing attempts. The Jaguars are not a good defense. They let up 363 yards to Phillip Rivers, so I fully expect Tannehill to have a great fantasy week. But All right, let's move on to the running backs. For my running back MVP for Week 2, I'm going with Raheem Mostert against the Jets. So in Week 1, he had 15 carries for 56 yards and also four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown, most of that coming on one play, the touchdown. So that's 25.1 fantasy, plays, uh, fantasy points. And I expect the Niners to really get ahead in this game and run the ball a lot. He's the primary ball carrier in this offense. I know they like to use McKinnon and Coleman, but... Uh, Mostert had 15 of 22 carries by running by running backs in that offense in Week One. I really expect him to have another big game. I think this Jets defense is really going to get worse and worse every game. They're going to quit on Adam Gase. I think this is a great opportunity, a bounce back for the Niners. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's really going to use Mostert this week. Yeah, no, 100% agree there. And uh, I, I talked about my running back a little bit earlier, Jonathan Taylor. I am very high on him right now. So with Mac out, he had Mac had four rushing attempts for 26 yards. He was three for three and 30 yards in the air. I fully expect Jonathan Taylor to pick up those rushing attempts and additionally increase his rushing attempts from nine to probably around that 15, 16, 17 range this week, and additionally keep up those passing attempts because Philip Rivers loves to target the running back. The Vikings. Not a great defense. They're average, like we've said multiple times here. And I, I fully expect Jonathan Taylor to have a very good week and put up good fantasy numbers and throughout the year become that RB2, RB1 player. All right, moving on to receivers. I'll give you a bonus reason to watch the Thursday night game, the Bengals against the Browns. I'm going with A.J. Green. Week one, nine targets. He had five catches for 51 yards. That's 10.1 fantasy points. He should have had a touchdown that was called back on a fluke pass interference call. That should have won them the game. He was really the, the number one option for Joe Burrow. I really expect Zach Taylor to open this offense up more and let Burrow throw more downfield. Really let the number one pick cook. So I, I think A.J. Green's going to have a big opportunity this week. We saw that Brown secondary get torched last week, and I expect it to happen again with A.J. Green this week. Yeah, I think that's a good call, and... On my wide receiver MVP of the week, we have Stefan Diggs. So sort of going along the lines with uh, Ben's MVP and Josh Allen, I expect Diggs to have a big week. He had nine targets in week one, the first time he was with a new offense and a new QB. Came down with eight of those, got 86 yards. That is a great fantasy performance for PPR, and I really do think he's going to get into the touchdown this week. I think they're going to target him down there because they want to show off that he's their wide receiver one. There's a reason why they brought him in and paid him. And so I fully expect him to have a great fantasy week against the Dolphins. All right, let's wrap up the week two MVPs at the tight end position. I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb. This guy who I mentioned last week that I like overall for the year, it's Hayden Hurst for the Falcons against the Cowboys this week. So I'm really expecting a shootout in this game. I think 
Both offenses are going to light it up, score a lot of points, throw the ball a lot. I think that's a great opportunity for Hurst, who should be more comfortable in this offense in the second week. Uh, he only had three catches last week, but I, I really expect that to, to go up this week. The Cowboys gave up the most catches in 2019 to tight ends with 104. Leighton Vander Esch, middle linebacker, broke his collarbone out six to eight weeks, so he won't be playing this week. It should open up the middle of the field. I expect Hayden Hurst to have a big uh, big opportunity to, to get those targets in the middle of the field and, and really have a big week. And Also, I don't expect Russell Gage to get 12 targets every week. I think that's going to regress in, in Hurst's favor, so I, I think there's going to be a big opportunity for Hurst this week. Yeah, no, Matt Ryan likes to throw the ball, so hopefully that does happen. Um, my favorite tight end this week is going to be Jared Cook. I think he has that opportunity opportunity with Michael Thomas out to really get a good chunk of that offense. We, like, we just touched on this. Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook this week are going to be great options for Drew Brees to throw the ball to. Even last week with Michael Thomas, he was 5 for 80 on seven targets. They were still targeting him. And with Michael Thomas out, that is a big downgrade to that offense and clears up a lot of targets on average. Obviously, last week, those targets weren't there. But this week, Jared Cook is going to be even a better improved offensive option. It's going to be kind of like last year when it was just Michael Thomas and Jared Cook, but this year it's Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook for at least the next couple of weeks. So I fully expect them to have a good week this week. And additionally, the Raiders allowed 30 points to the Panthers, I think the Saints are going to smoke them this week. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Ben's Blitz. Yes, here we go. We well, what we you got need, for us? We still need a sound effect for this, but I'm going to go back to the well. Last week, I told you about how the Eagles were going to shut down Dwayne Haskins, and for the most part, they did. I'm going to go back to the Arizona Cardinals against the Washington football team this week. Dwayne Haskins is the worst quarterback in the league, so I'm going to fade him again. They scored 27 points last week, but that was a fluke. Carson Wentz kept giving the Washington football team a short field, and they kept taking advantage of it. Haskins was 17 of 31 for only 178 yards last week. They only had 3.4 yards per play, 36 attempts, 80 rushing yards. That's 2.2 yards per carry. They give up three sacks to the Eagles. I expect Chandler Jones to have a big week against the weak Redskins offensive line. I mentioned last week they had a sack on 9.45% of dropbacks last season, and it was around 9% last week against the Eagles. The Cardinals looked good last week, adding Isaiah Simmons as the first-round pick all over the field. They got Buda Baker, highest-paid safety in the league. It was very good. They held Jimmy G to 19 of 33 passing. I expect the Cardinals to have a big week. Dwayne Haskins is not a good quarterback, and I expect the Cardinals to get multiple turnovers out of him this week. And that was Ben's Blitz. There we go. I like it. Next week, I'm not going to allow you to pick the uh, the team that's facing Dwayne Haskins. So you're going to have to switch it up, but uh, that was a good pick as well. So that wraps up Episode 3. We want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week. Um, next week, we're aiming to have an episode out on Tuesday and Thursday, similar to this week as well. Um, and we thank you, every, everyone, for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you're listening. And uh, Ben, do you want to kick us off here and get us out of here? Yeah, go follow us at Fantasy Wildcat on Twitter. Send us your question. Let us help you win your fantasy football league. And that's it for week two. Have fun watching football, and best of luck to your fantasy teams.